on this week's episode of Marketing O'Clock. Bing has a special announcement on schema support. We talked about the new and improved asset reporting for Google Ads app campaigns. Greg's super hip, not heavy jargon was definitely on fleek with the youth. It was poppin'. Shep blamed it all on the algorithm, of course. And Greg's coworker received a citation from HR for having a potty mouth at work. All on today's show. Marketing O'Clock is your weekly dose of digital marketing news, a proud part of the Search Engine Journal Podcast Network. We record every week from the Cypress North Studios located in beautiful Buffalo, New York. Tune in to our critically acclaimed Famous Friday News Show for insights, updates, rants, and much more as we cover the full gamut of digital marketing for you. If you want to follow along, just check out our show notes or head over to marketingoclock.com for all of the links from today's articles. And please subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. Hey there, I'm Greg Finn. I'm Christine Zernheld. AKA Shep. And I'm Jess Bud. And it is officially Marketing O'Clock. Here on March 27th, 2020. Remember, you can catch our famous Friday news show each and every Friday morning. All of your digital marketing news from the week. Powered by the digital marketing community. Join us in the conversation. We are at at Marketing O'Clock everywhere. All right. Welcome back, everybody. We're doing this for the second straight week from self-quarantine or just, I guess, mandated quarantine. And we're working on hopefully a little better audio this week. Thanks for bearing with us. I know we didn't get too much hate uh, from last week's show, and we're going to keep on improving it. It's just funny. It's right after we built a brand new studio with real mics and brand new desks now. We are back to the drawing board. (laughs) Another thing that is not at the drawing board, it is off the board. It is on the wall, ready to hang the art that is the new Marketing O'Clock website. In case you haven't heard any of the news, there's been some happenings going on, and we've had a little more time in our hands than usual. Our our very clean hands, I might add. (laughs) Um, And we've launched MarketingOClock.com, a new site. It's surprisingly difficult. Jess, what are your thoughts? I thought it was surprisingly difficult to make a really good podcast site. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's so different than making just a a website for the sake of a website, right? A podcast site is very specific, the things that you need. And we wanted to make sure that our listeners had great show notes to look at too. So that I think that's probably my favorite thing about the new site, but it was very, very difficult to figure out the best way to tackle that. But I think we did a good job. So I hope everyone enjoys it. Yep. So head on over to marketingclock.com. I think the biggest benefit is we broke up all the different links. I know we cover a lot of stuff here. It's going to be a lot easier to consume all those links and get to where you want to go faster. And you can play mm-hmm. right from the you know any part of the site and subscribe to your favorite podcast player. And please do that. Please subscribe. So how's your quarantine or so mandated quarantine, y'all? How are you doing? It's been going. You know, I'm just <laughs> learning a lot about my new coworker, my husband. Um, one of the biggest challenges we had so far, we started a puzzle and we went through all thousand pieces. I thought everyone goes through a puzzle and like picks out the edges first. And I looked at his pile and he had a lot of other things. Oh my goodness. How did you not know this before you entered <laughs> nuptials with this person? What a psycho. He said <laughs> he didn't know how to do puzzles. And he said he thought we were looking for all similar colors. 
Oh my. Oh my. One thing we do here at Cypress North, uh, the, the agency that runs uh, Marketing Clock, we have like a funny channel where we do overheard at the office and it's just people's kids or what's happening with their dog and we could just call them coworkers. It's like a little meme that we've got kind of going on and Shep and I were on a call <laughs> earlier this week and one of my coworkers rudely interrupted me and Shep and asked if he could poo. <laughs> so, it's a weird new world everyone but cool jess who's our sponsor this week this week's episode of marketing o'clock is brought to you by hrefs whether you work for a big brand run your own small business or do freelance work getting traffic to your website is always an issue hrefs is an all-in-one seo tool set that solves that problem it gives you the tools you need to rank your website in google and get tons of search traffic if you want to learn more check out their blog or youtube channel for step-by-step -step seo tutorials they have a seven-day trial for only $7. Head on over to ahrefs.com to sign up. That is A-H-R-E-F-S.com to sign up. And if you're wondering why it's seven days for $7, Tim over at Hrefs put out a really fascinating video on YouTube and broke down the rationale behind it. So we'll put that in our brand spanking new show notes over at marketingclock.com if you want to check it out. But Try that today, seven days, seven bucks, hrefs.com. And first up in the news this week, Google Ads rolled out new asset reporting features for app campaigns. So as you know, Google rates assets as low, good, or best for app campaigns, which is not very helpful because advertisers don't know why something was rated what it was rated. Well, now you'll be able to hover over a rating and Google will give you tool tips or recommendations of actions you should take with that specific asset. So I thought this sounded really cool, like it was gonna give us some nice insightful data, but the screenshot they have in this report makes me a little bit less excited. All it says when you hover over it is, this asset is one of your best performing assets of its type. Adding more assets like this one could increase your chances of better ad performance. That's <laughs> like the same as just rating it best. Like what's the point of that? Yeah, I want more data. There's other good things though. So they're also adding two new columns to the ad group report. The first is source. You'll be able to see if you forgot whether you uploaded them or not. The second is orientation. So you can see that if that asset is landscape, portrait, or square from the report because they rate the different assets for images against each other based on their orientation. And they're also adding performance charts that will allow you to see performance changes for your assets over time. So you'll be able to select a date range and metrics and see on this chart, you know, how the performance changed. And finally, they're launching an ad preview tool so you can see ad samples and how your combinations of assets may appear to users. So I know this isn't the same thing, but I wasn't a gamer at all before this quarantine, and now Wait, I'm home alone. What? You weren't a gamer <laughs> before the quarantine? I don't know. It must shock you. But I have gotten into words with friends on the off hours, and <laughs> I am just appalled at these in-app ads. Can I just stop you quick? Yes. The fact that you said you weren't a gamer before the quarantine, and then you paused and I was thinking maybe you're like, oh, Red Dead Redemption, a little history, something like that. Maybe you're like Uncharted, you know, maybe it's, uh, maybe you're like Minecraft, whatever those, the, the whippersnappers play these days. And you say words with friends, like you're a gamer. How dare you, Shep? Yeah, Shep, I, <laughs> 
I was going to say that exact thing, but I'm kind of on your side because I think being a gamer is cool, and my game of choice is Candy Crush, so I'm on your level. We're all Are gamers. you still playing Candy Crush, Jess? Absolutely. Oh, my God. You were playing Candy seven Crush years when you ago. started seven years ago at, at, at Cypress North. Yeah, I and but I stopped giving them my money a long, long time ago. Yeah, that was like six so years. So now I just play for free. Yeah. Are those apps as egregious as these Words with Friends ads? Uh, Candy Crush actually has a really nice interface, so no. But I play some other. I'm I game in other areas as well, and uh, the, the app ads are pretty bad. You're like thirty seconds, non-skippable. The sound comes on even if your phone is on vibrate. It's so terrible. And you just realize how many people don't turn off apps in their display ads. Like I get so many things that have no business being on Words with Friends. Wow. Anyway, there's my yeah, rant for the, the trials and tribulations of Shep and her gaming life. Yeah. <laughs> what else is happening this week? Up next here, Bing has announced two new APIs that will give webmasters the ability to have new and updated content be indexed on Bing pretty much instantly, which is awesome. The first of those APIs is called the URL Submission API, and it lets sites submit an API call, which will notify Bing the content has been created or updated so that Bing can then crawl that URL. So this API is available now for anyone whose site is verified in Bing Webmaster Tools, which is not hard to do. And it's getting really positive feedback from folks that have already tested it. Um, they're noting that they're seeing their content in the Bing SERPs within minutes. So one testimonial specifically said, this is sick, guys, which is something that I feel like you really don't say unless you mean it. <laughs> so seems like it's working pretty well for folks. And the benefits of this, obviously, for huge sites with tons of pages are very clear. I mean, it, you can get your content updated instantly. But this API, like Peloton, is for anyone who wants it. So small sites can benefit too. Getting your content indexed faster is never a bad thing. So if you want it, you're one of those folks, just log into Bing Webmaster Tools to generate an API key. And if you need instructions for how to do that, Bing did release a blog post about it. And we could toss that link in the show notes. Is is that the slogan of Peloton for anybody who wants it? I don't think so, but it was a promo they were doing for a long time where they were like, it's not for everyone, but it's for anyone that wants it. Oh, I missed that. No, I it was on, on television. It was like a Hulu ad I was seeing. You guys didn't see that one? Never. No, I missed it. Oh, I saw not... the one with the girl that, that made a video of herself. <laughs> yeah, it's game. not that one. Oh. It's the one with the girl, she comes in out of the rain, and it's been like a hard day, and she goes on her Peloton even though she was at work and stressed out. You guys don't know what I'm talking about. Oh, I think I do, actually. Yeah. It's, it's you know, subtle nuance, but I thought it was good marketing. So, obviously not, because you guys didn't catch it. <laughs> but the second of these APIs that Bing announced is called the Content Submission API. It's essentially the same thing as the URL one, except you're submitting the content directly to Bing rather than a URL to be crawled. So that one is still in the pilot phase, but if you want to request access, you can. You just go to Bing Webmaster Tools support, and we'll have that link in the show notes as well if you want access to that. So cool stuff. I love when things work faster. If you think about it, you know, a fake bike that you have to ride <laughs> inside that isn't a real bike, it's pretty stupid. You know, like if you just if you just think about it and pretend you're not a human, you're an alien, and you think like you could have a real bike, and you could maybe put it up on casters or something and have it like spin, and then you could take it off and ride it around. You know, ever think like that? Like like how an alien would view a Peloton? You have a fake I mean, bike that can't transport you anywhere, that you watch a TV screen on, you have to pay monthly, and it cannot move you from point A to point B. It's I a do treadmill think it's of bikes. People are buying them now. Like 
the weather's starting to warm up, we should be riding our bikes at, outside at this point. Well, it's for anyone who wants it. If you don't want it, you don't have to get it. <laughs> also, Peloton fans, I mean, man, they're fanatics. So, you know, good, good on them. Good on them. All right, next up, we have a special announcement from Bing. Bing is now supporting the special announcement data type for coronavirus-related business, travel, government health, agency, and testing center updates. So if you have any kind of schema that relates to COVID-19, there is, Bing will now support that. Um, you can see the full markup over on schema.org. Uh, a few highlights that are on there that you may be able to uh, make more apparent in the search engine results pages um, are travel bans. If you are a COVID testing facility, um, getting tested information, anything that's a public transport closure, there's quite a bit of information. This is in the the open graph type. Is It's a thing. It's creative work and it's special announcement. There's also school closure information, some guidelines and things like that. So anytime you can make it easier on folks to, to see what's happening right in the search engine results pages, I'm all for it. And Bing is now supporting the special announcement. One thing that might help though is like, it. what if you had something where like, do you have tests? Because I know we're in Buffalo and Buffalo doesn't have any tests. And we might have testing <laughs> facilities, but like we have the lowest test rate in New York, probably because New York City is such a mess at this moment. Yeah, I think that's exactly what they they would use this for. They would just say, no, there are still no tests here. You're out of luck. <laughs> yeah, you can just put that up there permanently <laughs> here at Buffalo. Oh, well, hopefully it turns around soon. What's up next, Shep? And next up, Pinterest launched a Today tab this week. So there's a Home tab that we all know that shows personalized recommendations when you open the app. It's not very personalized for me. Mine are all really garbagey, and it, the algorithm seems to mess, be messed up. Don't blame this on the algorithm, Shep. Don't blame this on the algorithm. It goes <laughs> off what you're looking at. I know your Facebook Marketplace history. I know you. And I'm guessing that they are right and you are just passing it off. Do not, don't you dare blame that algorithm. No, they're not like that at all. They're like weird workouts that I would never do. And what? organization. What? <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Weird workouts that you would never do? This is the same chef that was just three months ago. You're talking about an 80-minute German workout. <laughs> I watched it. I didn't this, do it. This person sweated through his entire shirt. Everybody was dripping on there. So I agree with Pinterest. I am team Pinterest. Okay, whatever. Well, if you don't want just your recommendations and you want to see what the world is looking at for the day, this new tab will appear on top of the home feed on iOS and Android apps, and it will be a hub for daily inspiration, trending posts, and curated topics. This is perfect timing for this new feature because Pinterest also reported that traffic has surged to the site while people are at home under quarantine. And this really reminds me of the new Netflix feature, which shows like the top 10 things in the country that day. I've been loving it. And that's how I found Tiger King, Ooh. which you guys need to watch. <laughs> Have you seen it? I no, I've just seen the preview for it. Okay, well, highly recommend. Maybe we'll talk about it next week. So Pinterest's editorial team and guest editors will select items to feature in the new tab and plans to feature expert information from the World Health Organization and Centers for Disease Control on COVID-19 prevention. So that'll be great. And they also added compassionate search to their website. It was already on the app, but this feature helps users find activities that support emotional well-being. So. Seems like Pinterest is doing a lot to help people during this time, which is great. 
All right, next up, we've got our new feature here, Good Vibes and Marketing Wins. And this is something we're going to talk about each week where somebody's maybe won some business, had something great happen to them. And first we have a tweet from Cecilia Montague, at Cecilia Montague on Twitter. And she says, your show is helping me to stay positive. I'm a student of DM in Ireland. And this is just me interjecting here. I think that means digital marketing. Not a scientist, but pretty sure that's what it means. Yeah. And she continues to say, who can't sit the exam because of lockdown. I find marketing o'clock funny. It'll be interesting to see the outcome of the pandemic on the global market. Will it increase our dependency on social? So, And um, we did not pay Cecilia to say this. <laughs> absolutely not. And she's going to be funny. I mean, that's debatable. That's debatable. <laughs> All right. Next up is from Christine. Have you ever heard of this person, Shep? At Shep Zernheld on Twitter. Yeah, I have. And she said, I, <laughs> and she said, I will, all caps, I will finish a big content piece I've been working on since October. Anyone else have any good news to share? Yeah. And I'd say our new site is good news too. Yeah, it's great news. I don't know who you're waiting for for this content piece. Is somebody holding you up? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's me. No. <laughs> I'll get that done. All right, and another win because that was all we had this week. So each week we'll put this out there, keep spirits up, and keep the good vibes flowing. Now it's time for this week's Take of the Week. This is a hashtag fire digital marketing take with extra spice served up for you. We simply deliver the take for your consumption. We give no opinions. We don't influence. You make the call. And this week's Take of the Week comes from Rand Fishkin, at Rand Fish on Twitter from Spark Toro, and he has a post called Marketing Right Now is Bleeping Hard. And really, he uses a pound sign, a dollar sign, a percentage sign, an asterisk, but he's saying it's, it's heckin' hard is what he's trying to say. And the reason that I have it in here is I just love one of the memes that he's got. I think it's from Despicable Me. It's Gru. And so it's Gru from Despicable Me, and there's four slides. Slide one. Everyone uses the internet because the pandemic keeps us home. Slide two, businesses cut marketing to save money in an uncertain time. Slide three, traffic conversions and sales fall. <laughs> and then he just looks back at it, traffic conversions and sales fall. I don't know how, how that plays. <laughs> we check it out. The only thing that would have made that better is if you did it in Gru's voice. But I guess if you don't know his name, you're not going to know his accent. So what is his accent? Can you do it? No, I don't know. I'm nervous to do an accent. I mean, I think that you're just begging. You're pleading. I can hear it in your voice. You want to give it to the, the people. Really so give the people what they want. Let's hear it, Shep. I really don't know if I can do it. He's like, <laughs> kind of like Russian. -y. He's the bad guy. So he's like. I really can't do it. Like Dracula? Like everyone yeah. uses the internet like that? That's totally him. Okay. Well, anyway, so one thing, I don't know if I necessarily agree with Rand on, but I think it will be very interesting to see play out. Rand had screenshotted himself responding to a tweet saying that I'm scared for events. I think it might be a decade or more before people feel as comfortable traveling and paying to attend IRL. And I don't, I don't know about that. I, I think working from home is great, but there's also, I think we're going to see a lot more of how important it is to be around people. At least that's what I hope. I mean, yeah, there's a pandemic going on, but being around people, I think there's a big positive there. Yeah, I agree a hundred percent. And that was the first thing I, I saw when I read this is like, 
yeah, maybe for a minute people will be afraid, but I don't think it's going to take 10 years before people want to hang out with each other again. I feel like now more than ever, we realize how important that human connection is. And people are still, you know, they're standing at the end of their driveways and waving at their neighbors. And, you know, they, maybe they didn't even do that before. So I'm with you, Greg. I feel like maybe this is more of a short-term problem than long-term. Yeah. And, and we've got 18 people here at our company and we do, you know, at least on the marketing side, we do daily virtual meetings. And it's very nice to do those virtually daily, at least in my opinion. There's still something to just being around people. I think, at least I hope, that being so isolated will let us know that human interaction is important. I hope that's a small blip on the event space. But anyway, it's a great article, so check it out. And now it's time for this week's ICYMI. This is something that you just might not have seen. Maybe something you overlooked. But you shouldn't have. Okay, people, I see why am I the queen of spice, Pamela Lund, at Pamela underscore Lund, tweeted, if you are making major targeting changes to existing ad campaigns right now, do yourself a favor and document what you've changed so you don't have to try to figure out in three months when you need to get things back to how they were. So very good advice from her. I think this is not just for targeting. If you're having to scale back spend in any way or turn off certain campaigns, make sure you document like what's working, anything you, you know, were about to try and you didn't get the opportunity. Just like keep notes of everything. Yeah. And this is the time where there's going to be a lot of volatility in general with just search trends, conversion rates, everything is going to be, is it's going to be altered. And so if you either annotate in GA, use notes in Google Ads, um, we've been doing that just a bunch across the board and we put everything in and then we alert ourselves and we give ourselves future Asana tasks to go back and check this in a month and then, you know, check in a month later. All that stuff is really, really, really important because it's easy, especially now when people are concerned that you just want to get something done and move to the next task. You know, that extra 30 seconds, that extra minute is going to be so valuable to you when we're talking here in September. You know, you're going to be so glad that you did what you did here in March. Now it's time for this week's lightning round. Pew, pew. At this point in the show, we split up our content into three parts, paid, organic, and social. This week's paid lightning round is brought to you by Optio. Optio makes managing Google Ads accounts simple and efficient. It automates time-consuming manual tasks so you can spend more time on strategic or creative work. Optio is like another set of eyes, a really good set of eyes, like a fantastic 2020, 2015 set of eyes <laughs> on your account. I forward all the emails to Optio, the Optio gives to our, our staff. And I think one of the, the really important things is the daily updates that you get on your accounts, especially if you've lost some team members, especially if you're not as staffed as you can, especially if you're remote. Optio is the tool to use. Jess, how do you use Optio? So I definitely use it as that extra set of eyes because it will scan your campaigns and if you have any master negative lists that you might be using account-wide, it will detect whether or not you're using them across all campaigns. And it'll flag it to you if one of those negative lists isn't applied to one of your campaigns. And it'll let you know. So you can then, right from the interface, 
add that negative list to your campaign directly, or you know maybe it's not supposed to be there, but something else is, and it jogs your memory, you can go in and apply different negative lists from Optio, again, without going into Google Ads. So that's something we use a lot here for sure is master negative lists. And I have definitely had some times where I fired up a new campaign without one of the lists that should have been on it and Optio has saved me. So definitely, definitely grateful for those extra eyes, <laughs> which they're not real eyes, but I'm definitely grateful for those extra eyes on my account. To learn more and get a six-week free trial of Optio, go to optio.com forward slash S-E-J. That's O-P-T-E-O dot com forward slash S-E-J. And here's what's happening in the paid universe this week. Google announced they're updating their advertising policies. So this is a little bit of a boring story. So I'm just going to quote from the article to make sure I get everything straight. So they're prohibiting the promotion of documents or services that facilitate the acquisition, renewal, replacement, or lookup of official documents or information that is available directly from the government. So examples of these documents include passports, proof of residency, proof of immigration status, driver's licenses, social security cards, hunting or fishing licenses. So basically like just don't advertise anything boring and you're okay. <laughs> Chef, we've been waiting for some, some CCPA updates or something just so riveting and thank you. <laughs> we'll get there. We get a lot of complaints that you just don't have the hot news, but that one will really uh, get all those people satiated there. Yeah, so the policy will also prohibit promotions for assistance with applying for or paying for official or public services that are directly available from the government, including benefits, name change, paying for bridge tolls, etc. All this made me think of was there's this company that will like help you change your name when you get married as if it's that hard and they wouldn't be able to do their ads. Boring stuff. Who needs help paying for bridge tolls though? <laughs> Is that a thing? Actually, Jess, one time, um, pretty recently, I rented a truck from, I wanted to rent a truck from Home Depot, but they were out. So I rented a truck from Lowe's to get <laughs> a piece of furniture from Facebook Marketplace on Grand Island. And if you guys don't know, because you're not from this area, you have to go over <laughs> Grand Island Bridge. It's the scariest bridge in the world. Like, it can't be safe. And we're approaching the bridge, and I'm like, are you kidding me? We don't have the easy pass. And it's cashless, so we just had to go through it. And like, so I feel like I would need help. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay, stand corrected. Also, those bridges are terrifying. I have had recurring nightmares about them. So, yeah. They're also in uh, a quiet place, too, right? Yeah, I think they are. I don't know. But it, movie, they shot on those bridges. It's a few ticks less than a 90-degree angle those bridges. It's crazy. <laughs> Just drives over it every day. Next up, new data shows that e-commerce ad spending jumped from 4.8 million the week of February 17th to 9.6 million the week of March 9th. Merchants have reported e-commerce sales exceeding rates of Black Friday and Cyber Monday levels. And this unplanned spike has caused fulfillment issues for companies. For example, Amazon is hiring 100,000 workers to meet the demand, which is awesome. And for this reason, people are expecting e-commerce advertising to fall in the coming weeks as sellers won't be able to restock their inventory. I also think that part of the reason it might fall is because people were buying like panic things. Like I just had to buy this puzzle. Like, did you guys have any Amazon purchases like that? I'm trying to think. No, I mean, baby wipes, but we needed them anyway. <laughs> no, <laughs> I haven't bought anything crazy. I, I, was, I was pretty prepared for all this somehow. That's because you already were crazy and you like had it all. 
that's factually correct. So <laughs> I'm trying to think of any anything. I bought like so many candles. Why? What, what on earth are you gonna do with candles? I'm home all day. Like I needed to smell nice. Oh, I thought you were afraid the power was gonna go out. <laughs> Shep, we, we we should have an alternative quarantine with Shop podcast where you talk about all the things you buy, like all the all the necessities. There's wants and there's needs, and I mean <laughs> candles are definitely a need. So I want to hear more about your quarantine planning. I think it'd be, you know, a great separate podcast. And next up, you asked for it, Greg. We've been talking too much about COVID-19, so we need to refocus to the exciting news. We got to talk about the California Consumer Privacy Act, or CCPA. Oh, my goodness. Do you know how much our listenership is going to increase here? I'm so excited. (laughs) So if you're a new listener, I'll catch you up quick. There is this mysterious man, his name is Alistair McTaggart. It was a dark and stormy night and he started this movement. Some people see him as a hero and some people see him as a villain. And he started the movement for this new law, which went into effect January that says certain websites must give Californians the option to opt out of the sale of their data. And everyone is scrambling to figure out what exactly counts as selling data and how they can allow users to opt out of that if they need to. So the latest plot twist is that influential marketing groups are asking the California Attorney General for a temporary forbearance until January 2nd, 2021, as marketers deal with the ongoing health and economic worries caused by coronavirus. So I guess this did turn into a coronavirus story again anyway, (laughs) but very exciting things happening here in paid. And next, Maryland approved a law that imposes a 10% sales tax on every digital marketing ad sold by the big boys like Google and Facebook. This includes banner ads, search ads, and quote, other comparable services. So the law applies to smaller companies as well, but they would have a lower tax rate based on their annual global gross revenues. This law only applies to ads seen by Maryland citizens But a copycat bill was introduced in New York last week, and they're working on something similar in Nebraska as well. For banner ads that are paid ahead of time, the tax would be applied at the time of the sale, regardless of if anyone in Maryland actually sees the ad. So that has people up in arms. And people are also saying that the law violates the Permanent Internet Tax Freedom Act. Do you guys know all about that one? Oh, the PITFA? Of course it has an acronym. Okay, let me tell you. (laughs) It was enacted by Congress to prohibit states from imposing discriminatory taxes on e-commerce. So that's it for paid. Lots of legal news. Sounds like a P-I-T-A, if you ask me. A pain in the head. (laughs) I'm just thinking about food. This week's organic lightning round is brought to you by Ahrefs. Ahrefs makes competitive analysis easy. Their tool will show you how your competitors are getting traffic from Google and why. You can see the pages and content that send them the most search traffic. Find out the exact keywords they're ranking for and which backlinks are helping them rank. From there, you can replicate or improve on their strategies. And I can vouch for this. I get so many emails talking about lost backlinks, gained backlinks. If you are in the backlink game, you need Ahrefs. And if you're not getting significant search traffic, they can help you find topics worth grading pages or content on. You can easily see estimated search volumes and gauge traffic potential with their Keywords Explorer tool. If you are getting search traffic, use features like their top pages report to break down which of your pages are bringing in the most traffic and figure out how you can replicate this success. Shep, how do you use Ahrefs? 
So I love using Ahrefs for keyword research because a lot of other keyword research tools, all of them, will tell you monthly search volume, but Ahrefs takes it a step further with a couple of other metrics. So first of all, they'll tell you how many of those average monthly searches actually resulted in a click, and they also report clicks per search, or CPS, which is the ratio of clicks the keyword search volume generated, and they also report the return rate, which is a relative value that indicates how often the same person searches for a given keyword over a 30-day period. So this is all really valuable information that you can use to research and create some awesome new content. And they have a seven-day trial for only seven bucks. Head on over to hrefs.com to sign up. That is ahrefs.com, and you can see the full insight as to why it's seven dollars for seven days on their YouTube channel, which is a must follow as well. And what is happening in organic this week? Well, first off, do y'all use Google podcasts? Never in my life. No. Hmm. I forced myself to mainly because I want to try to give us that extra credit, I guess, for Google podcasts. And I, I, and Android, there's not a great podcast platform. I've tried everything. I've bought many, many premium platforms out there. Nothing is great. The new changes to Google Podcasts is not bad. It's not bad. It kind of reminds me a little bit, though, of stories in the top. Because now you'll see your podcast in like a horizontal scroll at the top. If there's a new story, there will be a red mark on the upper right. I thought you were going to say it reminded you of stories because you hated it. <laughs> no. No, I'm trying to get back into stories. I'm trying to even... I've since this all this COVID stuff. I've downloaded the Facebook app on my phone, which is a big deal. Whoa! Wow. I'm about to get back into Facebook, but anyway, you can now horizontally scroll at the top of podcasts on Google Podcasts. So you can now horizontally scroll on the top of Google Podcasts there, and I think it's a little bit better. At first, I hated it because it makes the episodes really prominent, but if you use it a little bit more, it makes it surfaces things for you. So it, does it just show the podcast that you're subscribed to or does it have like recommendations? Correct. There is now also things that are for you. So you can go in and you can find, um, you know, for you, news, culture, business, sports or some of the settings. Um, and then you can get notifications if your podcasts that are your favorite get a new one. You can keep auto downloading things. So far... I don't like the new interface, but I just don't like new interfaces in general. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. I think I, I probably will come around on this one. Next up from TechCrunch. Hey, more Google Podcasts. If you're an iOS user, <laughs> Google Podcasts is finally available on iOS. So Shep and Jess, you all can try this. It's something that has become, this is one thing I love from the article <laughs> over on TechCrunch is they said, launched last summer. The app quickly became the top podcasting app on Android, comma, because, comma, well, comma, Google. <laughs> <laughs> so if you are looking for a new podcast player, I think this Google podcast might be worth testing out. And again, I'm forcing myself to use it, and I've come to appreciate it. Next up, let's just keep it podcast here, the podcast hour, Anchor, the platform that powers marketing o'clock here has launched a new record with friends version version 2.0 so while everybody has downtime now there's a better way that you can call people up 
and record. It's much easier if you are an Anchor user. If you don't recall, Spotify bought Anchor last year and they've been beefing up the capabilities and this does look like a very nice new feature here. I do take umbrage with one aspect of the announcement, however. They showed people being home, like, hey, it's now a better time than ever to podcast, right? And there's one woman sitting on a, a very kind of modern rocking chair. And it seems like she's podcasting with somebody that is laying on their back on a couch. <laughs> I can't think of something worse than laying down on a couch on your back to podcast. Are you guys on your backs laying down on a, on a couch? No. no. I feel like you sound different when you're on your back because your face is like gravity. But you also, Greg, you failed to oh. mention that this woman in the nice rocking chair, she's living the Shep life. She's got a candle lit. <laughs> she does. I was going to say that too. She looks like she's living the life. I think she has a salt lamp in the background. Mm -hmm. She's really <laughs> taking care of number one, you know? Yep, for sure. And this guy doesn't have a care in the world. He's got two perfectly <laughs> fine chairs. He could get his posture game on. He could really get those that, that deep vocal and instead, he's just laying on his back with his socks on the couch. <laughs> he also has a candle, but it's not lit. It's like half burned out. <laughs> he's the antithesis of this woman. <laughs> it's the things that matter, right? <laughs> All right, next up here over on Search Engine Journal from Matt Southern, YouTube has updates for creators. And these are very big updates for those that have live streams. And for the first time, YouTube users are going to be able to determine how many plays on a video came from a live stream versus a replay afterwards, which is pretty nice. I mean, we used to do some live video here for Marketing Clock. We've stopped so that we can edit some things. Now we don't even have video because we're all at home. But being able to see that boost from how many people look at it live um, versus how many people look at it afterwards, you can maybe see if that investment is worth it. Um, you also be able to break the data down by live uh, premiere data, which you couldn't break out before, and then upload data from a traditional manner. So you, if you'll be able to look and see your numbers across the board for those three elements. Another new feature is going to be the expansion of smart replies. And this is an oxymoron on YouTube because there are no smart replies on YouTube. Have you ever been to YouTube? Comments are terrible. <laughs> the comments are the worst. They're the worst. But you can reply with a one-click item. So you can say, yep, that's right, thanks, or whatever you want to do if you're a creator out there. Maybe this will cut back on some of those garbage responses. I hope so. The commenter should have the ability to smart reply. And it should just check them and say, did you really want to be a heckhead here, like, with this comment? <laughs> <You know? laughs> But anyway, you can reply smartly. And then lastly, there are YouTube memberships that are rolling out. It's going to be a Patreon-like subscription service. It's going to allow fans to pay a recurring fee to a channel in exchange for exclusive perks. And it's going to vary from channel to channel, just like Patreon. The perks have to be approved by YouTube's review team. And the article notes that it's limited at the moment due to the coronavirus pandemic. So I guess we have to work coronavirus into everything here this week. Next up, staying on trend, Google has suspended reviews on my business. So if you have a Q&A or a review on a local business during the coronavirus outbreak, 
Google is pausing that. So if you haven't got reviews lately, don't fret. It's a Google thing where I think this makes sense to say, I went to a restaurant and it was closed. It's like I was closed because I was mandated to close, you know. Um, <laughs> there's a lot going on right now. This is probably in the best interest. Um, and also from just a Google support system side of things, it's it's really tough. Uh, one thing I like from the article over on Search Engine Roundtable from Barry Schwartz, Joy Hawkins, a Joy Bomb. Well, this isn't technically a Joy Bomb, but she said, in the meantime, I would suggest not asking people to leave reviews until it starts working again. I'll let you know when we hear back. That'd be good. You should ask people that are going to leave a bad review and be like, oh, I'd suggest not asking you to, to, to leave a review. I'd suggest you not leaving a review. Next up, from Joy. This is a Joy Bomb. Joy Hawkins at Joyanne Hawkins on Twitter. She says, there is finally a temporarily closed button inside the Google My Business dashboard. So yes. if you are not open right now, if you have been forced to close, you can now use this, this temporarily closed button. I mean, geez, it only took a global pandemic. It's about time. <laughs> Jess, you're temporarily closed. Do you have this button checked on your um, on your local business? No, because I didn't know about it. So thank you, Joy. I'm going to go do that. But I have been sitting there marking us as closed day by day by day for like a month now. So this is wonderful news. Okay, just don't hit mark as permanently closed because it's criminally close on there. So make oh sure gosh, it the is. top item, the top item temporarily closed. All right, next up, there is a new search experience for COVID-19 on Google. We've talked about this for the last few weeks. There was a new website launched, and you can now see more resources over on google.com forward slash COVID-19. And there's now um, a much more streamlined approach if you do a search on mobile or on desktop for something like coronavirus. So if you want more information, just hop over to your search engine and, well, as long as it's Google, and perform that search. And this may be a spoiler alert, but um, this also works if you search coronavirus memes. Really? Okay, more on yeah. that in the after show. All right, next up, YouTube is limiting, well, not really, but the article title says YouTube will limit video quality for everyone by default for a month. Um, they're just changing the settings to go to standard mode. So if you still want your HD YouTube video, you can hop into your settings and flip that over. But if you had been HD, Google is, well, YouTube um, is changing this to be standard definition. It's basically because the European Union regulators asked them to make the change to help ease the congestion because everybody's home. So if you need your HD, you can hop in and change yourself. And last up, from Google and John Mueller, there's a very, very nice little tutorial about how to pause your business online. It's one thing that I don't think a lot of, especially the people that might have been impacted the most by some of these closures and um, this pandemic in general, like restaurateurs, traditionally don't have the most savvy skills from uh, the webmaster standpoint. So. There's a nice little tutorial. If you know people, it's probably worth sending along uh, how to pause your business. 
So the main recommendation and spoiler alert here is that you want to limit the site functionality. So, you know, can you make it so you can't add something to a cart and have something pop up? Like, how do you limit that site functionality while saving it? What you don't want to do is to just turn the entire site off, right? And so they talk about how this is bad. There's even some things like saying, if you have to be down for some weird regulatory restrictions, use a five, you know, 503 response. If you want to see somebody that does it wrong, it's a Burlington Coat Factory. If you go to burlington.com, the entire site's down. And that's something that's important. Like, don't let this setback, don't let this pandemic, don't let this hopefully hiccup in the economy tank you in the long run. So I really appreciate this helpful article from Google. Thank you, John. Yeah, I don't want to rain on your parade, Greg, but they're more than great coats, and it's just called Burlington now. Yeah, they dropped the coats. Yeah. Oh, they don't sell coats anymore. I didn't know. Oh, they do. No, you, can, you don't want to spread misinformation. You can still <laughs> buy coats. I'm just trolling you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's it for organic. Jess, what's going on in social? All right. So last week I ended my social lightning with all the COVID news, and I didn't really like that. So I'm going to put it all at the front this week for you guys. First up, if you're using Facebook's Spark AR Hub to create filters and lenses, you may have noticed that approvals aren't coming through. So creators can still use the software to work on their augmented reality projects, but Facebook has sent the folks that do the reviewing and approving home and they can't approve or publish new effects remotely. So things aren't getting approved. They are actively exploring ways to offset this disruption and let creators get back to publishing. That's Facebook's words, but they haven't given a timeline on this yet. So if you are using that Spark AR Hub, updates on the situation will be released right within the platform. So just keep your eye out. They're going to try and get things moving for you as soon as possible. And next up, to help small businesses that have been hit the hardest by COVID closures, Yelp has teamed up with GoFundMe to add donation buttons to Yelp pages. And there are some eligibility requirements for this. Not everybody can do it. So check out the announcement in the show notes for details. I think they missed a great opportunity to say, like, Yelp helps. Oh, my God. Yeah. Wow. That's catchy. Check. Free advice, Yelp. Call me. <laughs> the other nice thing that they're doing, they didn't miss the opportunity to give extra help as Yelp. Yelp and GoFundMe have pledged to match donations up to a million dollars. So that's huge. That's really, really nice to see. And you know what else is nice to see? A blue check mark on Twitter. Hopefully we'll be getting more of those, at least in the public health space, very soon. Jennifer Senior, which is a great name, by the way, a writer for the New York Times, called out Twitter last week, citing that there's a bunch of verified accounts out there spreading misinformation about COVID, while there's experts in the field that have remained unverified. So Twitter heard Miss Senior, Mrs. Senior, and Twitter support tweeted the following in response. They said, PSA about what we're doing to verify Twitter accounts that are providing credible updates around hashtag COVID-19. We are working with global public health authorities to identify experts and have already verified hundreds of accounts, but there's more to do and we could use your help. So that's nice. They're trying where it matters most, but there's still obviously a lot of unanswered questions about the verification system in general, but that's what is okay. this, one what thing is this, at a time. What is this blue check mark you speak of? You have one. Oh, oh what? <laughs> you snuck in at the very end before they took it away and got verified and we're all super jealous of you. I snuck in at the beginning and my big beef with this whole thing is 
if you can't verify people, don't have a system. Don't verify anyone. Make everybody unverified. It's insane mm-hmm. that they've got a verification system that they can't use and they can't verify people. And then, like Shep said, there's a pandemic that you need to actually verify somebody. So straight from the horse's mouth, Twitter, you can take away Greg's verification. Good word. Shots fired. Next up here, Snapchat has moved up the launch of its new Here For You Mental Health Resource Center. They're doing this to help folks that might be struggling real hard during these trying times. Originally, the launch was scheduled to be in the coming months, which it was announced last month, so that's still several months from now, but not the case. Here For You is going to be available to all users this week, so that is really, really great that they moved that up trying to help folks out. Finally, our last COVID-related story. Greg, it looks like you're not the only person going back to Facebook. So that's nice for the platform. Yeah, (laughs) you're among friends, literally, pun intended. So the coronavirus revives Facebook as a news powerhouse. And that's according to New York Times. They obtained an internal report from the social network that noted more than half the articles being consumed on Facebook in the United States were related to the coronavirus and that they've seen unprecedented increase in the consumption of news articles on Facebook over the past several weeks. The good news about this is that most of the content being consumed is from what Facebook considers to be high quality publishers. So thank goodness. It's great that people are reading the right stories, but like that doesn't make them a news powerhouse. Well, it's, I mean, journalism, you got to have a good headline. Yeah. I've also been, looked back at Facebook. I started lurking. I'm half to get back in. I'm half to start sharing things now that we've got this beautiful new website, marketingclock.com. But mm-hmm. I don't see a lot of news there. I just see memes. I see coronavirus memes nonstop. I don't know if I followed wrong people or what's happening. Maybe that's right on, on the algorithm like Shep or what? <laughs> Always blame it on the algorithm. All right, let's move on from COVID for a minute. We have some actual news stories that aren't related. So first up from TechCrunch, Instagram prototypes a Snapchat style disappearing text messages. Yay. So this feature hasn't been released, but it was confirmed to be in the works by a Facebook spokesperson. So this is real. And the article notes that This could make users more comfortable with having rapid fire, silly, vulnerable, or risque chats, thereby driving up the reply notifications that keep people opening Instagram all day long. I don't think that's something that I need personally. I don't know how you guys feel about that, but maybe the kids need it. I don't need this at all. No, No. (laughs) get rid of it. Perfect. Yeah. Well, you can get rid of it. They're going to be gone instantly. That's how this works. So anyway, it's another Snapchat ripoff. So maybe the kids want it. Is and it like Cyberdust? What? Mark Cuban's app? Cyberdust? Do you remember That's that? Not, no, it's Snapchat. Oh. What is Cyberdust? What is Cyberdust? Mark Cuban came out with this app where you could just dust messages to people and you could never trace it, but you could actually trace everything. <laughs> like we could just dust messages off and he called it dusting. I don't like that term. No. Cyberdust. Yeah. That's terrible. Great. Bring it back. <laughs> no, don't. <laughs> Creepy. All right. There's a new short form video app to be on the lookout for. And I, it's called Like or Likey. It's L-I-K-E-E. It's like how you say bye. Oh, like bye. Like, like, see, to me, that would have more I's than E's, but whatever. The uh, app is out of Singapore, and it claims to already be the fourth most downloaded video app in the world. 
maybe it is. I don't know. I'm no statistician, but <laughs> they have announced their intention to push into the U.S. And there's really no better time than now for that, I guess, because people are getting bored and they want new apps to play with. But I mean, who knows if this will go anywhere? It's basically just another TikTok. You can apply filters to yourself. It looks fun, but it's like kind of something that already exists. So we'll see if anything happens. Do you guys remember good copy, bad copy? How could I forget? Yeah. <laughs> no. I don't. Yes, you do. It's the stretch of a pun program that Twitter is using to give marketers tips on how to tweet. It's our favorite oh, thing. Oh, yes. That's from two weeks ago. Sorry. A lot's <laughs> happened since then. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. I know. It feels like forever ago. Anyway, they're back with more tips. And the key takeaway this time is basically capitalize the words in your hashtags to make them easier to read, especially if it's part of the tweet itself, not just appended at the end. So I try to do this personally anyway, but it's so much more work. Yeah, and I I was doing it for a while, but I kind of, I, I couldn't tell if it was the right thing to do or not. Yeah, it's not, it's certainly not the way they're suggested when they pop up, they're all in lowercase, right? Or is yeah. that just my experience? They it's totally it, are. Is this something that's that big of a problem? Like figure it out. It's not that hard. Right? Like, I mean, is this, what we're taking, is this what we're burning calories on today? This is it? Yes. Yes. Yes, it is. Right. <laughs> I don't know. After the show, I, I want to hashtag blame it on the algorithm. So I'm trying to like look at it in my head and see yeah. how hard it would be. Well, make sure you capitalize it. And honestly, this is a little bit refreshing, right? We're arguing about capitalizing <laughs> hashtags. This is a welcomed <laughs> first world problem when we've got real things. So I shouldn't, I shouldn't uh, poop all over this one. Yeah, you're right. It's hashtag capital W worth hashtag capital I it. There you have <laughs> it. All right. <laughs> that was really hard. See, it's more work. <laughs> Anyway, I like that good bad theme, so we're going to stick with it. In good Facebook news, the desktop refresh that Facebook announced almost a year ago now is finally available to all users globally. So you might remember or not, because it's been a really long time since we talked about it, the new layout is meant to align the desktop version more closely with what users experience on mobile. So it's not being forced on anyone yet, but if you want to turn it on, you can, and then you can turn it back off if you don't like it. But again, who knows how long that'll be a thing. They've also got dark mode, if that's your thing. Bad news from Facebook. They are facing a lawsuit that is accusing them of knowingly inflating ad audience numbers. And according to the Wall Street Journal, Facebook claims, and this is a quote, estimates weren't guarantees, didn't harm customers, and court filings include employees worrying about possible lawsuit in an email. So that's interesting. I guess we'll see what comes of that, but I've had enough with bad news, so I don't really want to talk about this. And we'll move on to more good news from Facebook. Again, the platform has launched a pilot program that basically hooks up a user's profile with their loyalty program membership from brands like Sephora. I don't know what, what is their, Chep, do you know what their program is called? Uh, is it Beauty Insider or something? That sounds right. That sounds right. So if you have the Beauty Insider card or whatever, you can hook it up with your Facebook profile. And according to social media today, once connected, members will be able to track the status of their brand loyalty account via Facebook. They'll also be able to earn points for their on-platform activity, get member discounts on purchases, and have any points for online shopping linked back to their customer ID. Those all sound like really great things, actually. Mm -hmm. So as of now, it's only available to a few businesses like Sephora, 
but the impact of this could be huge for anyone who is in the program, especially right now, because nobody's walking into Sephora and trying on lipstick. Everything they're doing is online. So hopefully this will roll out wider soon, but even though not every single business out there has a loyalty program, those that do could get a really nice boost for this. And we all need a boost right now. So I'm all about this. I hope they roll this out to more folks soon. That's one thing I don't think is ever coming back, like lipstick testing. You know, I think you know, events hopefully will come back. I hope lipstick testing doesn't. I don't yeah, know. I, I never participated. Did you, Chef? Not lipstick testing, but like found like you really do need to try like your foundation on. I mean, a lot of this stuff is expensive, and I'm sorry. I know there's a lot of germs, but like you have to know it matches. Yeah, I get the logic. I just still wouldn't do it. Yeah, I was telling Not my wife. Me. I don't wear foundation. Plus, either. it's like a really easy way to get like you know you just want to be pampered and you don't want to pay for it. So you'll go to the store and like pretend you're buying new foundation. You'll just be like, oh, you know, what do you think would look good on my eyes? And then we'll try something. Not for me. And that brings us to our real life segment, straight out of our accounts and into your ear holes. It's time for working hard or hardly working, where we talk about what's going on in our IRL work. Good, bad, or otherwise. All right, Chef, what's been happening with your accounts lately? So I was reminded of one of my favorite tricks in Google Ads Editor this week, so I just wanted to share with the class for anyone who doesn't know. So if you take a broad match keyword and use the find and replace, you can really easily change it to broad match modified. So all you have to do is select the keywords you want to change and find and replace spaces to space and then a plus sign and it'll add it to all the words except for the first word. But to fix that, you use the append feature, which is, if you don't know where it is, it's like right in the same button as the find and replace feature. It's part of the drop down menu and you append a plus sign to the beginning of each keyword and it'll get rid of all those yucky broad match keywords and turn them into broad match modified. And I forgot about it until this week, so it's awesome. What about you, Jess? So I mentioned a couple episodes now ago, I think, um, when we first started talking about having to work remote, we talked about not putting meetings on hold while you're working remotely. So we've been practicing that with our clients, obviously, because this is the new reality and we're gonna be remote for a while. And I've really found that where meetings used to be kind of blah and you could sense that people were distracted or multitasking or not really there, people are really, really appreciating the human connection right now. And our meetings or calls, if you will, have been super productive with clients. And it's only been, you know, a week to two weeks, depending on the client who's remote and who's not. So it's we've actually seen some positivity come out of this. And also, I got to see one of our clients' cats on a video call this week, which honestly was the highlight of my day. His name was Roy, and he was super cute. And I just appreciate, like, normally it's how's the weather, you know, and small talk like that. But little things like seeing someone's cat is just so much more valuable to continuing to build that relationship and just keeping the we're all in this together mentality going. So. Again, don't skimp out on meetings. You will connect more with your clients, especially now when people really, really need it. And again, be more productive. So how about you, Greg? Yeah, for me, I think one, well, I guess I, I talked about this earlier, that things have been very volatile just across the board. Look at the stock market, look at your search queries, right? And even the intent and just the, the way that people are consuming is just different than it was a month ago and it's something we've seen on smart bidding campaigns on google ads specifically and microsoft right so if you have had a campaign that's been doing really really well and all of a sudden stops you might need to reset and acclimate to the new reality 
Uh, this is something I will blame on the algorithm shop that <laughs> you've got this long standing track record that is of a different time frame than March 2020, than April 2020. So if you start seeing declines, it's on you to experiment and do right by your client. And it's something as well that is where you can provide that value, right? Where people are uncertain, people don't know what's happening, There's people are trying to tighten their belts. You need to provide value and you need to show that. And it's something that we've been be pivoting on that this has worked for the longest time, Target ROAS, not working now. We're going back to eCPC, we're gonna build it back up. The algorithm is not the same today as it was the past year. Now it's time for this week's WTH. Misguided. You're like, who does that? <laughs> Just get rid of it, I'm over it. Where we rant, rave, and roll our eyes about our trending digital marketing topic. What are we coming to? Honestly. See what had us asking. W-T-H. This week. This week's WTH comes to us from Josh Constantine and TechCrunch. So I used Zoom to play trivia last Friday night with some friends, and I guess I'm not alone because there was a huge trend of public Zooms where I guess the link is shared on social media and anyone can join. So The Verge hosted a weekly public WFH happy hour Zoom call, and on last week's call, the attendees were trolled by some NSFWFH videos. <laughs> they were Zoom bombed, I'm sorry to say. So the host kept kicking them out, but because it was public, all they had to do was rejoin with a different username and they could share these bad images or videos again with their screen share. So the problem is that by default, a Zoom host does not have to grant participants special access to screen share Anyone can do it unless the host changes the settings. So anyone can just get in there and share whatever they want unless the host turns it off. And people are just being really unsavory and savage about this, I guess. I don't know what's wrong with a good old Rick roll and why we couldn't just bring that back, but instead people are just being disgusted. <laughs> Desperate times, <laughs> chef. Internet, chef. Desperate times. So one of the hosts was quoted in this article saying, I want to apologize to our attendees, including my parents, Jim and Sally. Of course, that's their names. Who joined WFH Happy Hour today for the first time. Today, we all learned an important lesson about disabling screen sharing and saw once again the importance of good content moderation. Aww. So if you're... If you're hosting one of these Zoom parties, make sure you know who has sharing access. I bet, though, overall, that this was a net positive for Josh and TechCrunch because they got a great article out of it. They started a new thing, Zoom bombing. I mean, they own that now, right? They own Zoom bombing. And overall, like, this is a great example of lemonade and lemons. Jim and Sally, they'll remember for sure. Oh, yeah, they will. All right, now on to our segment segment where we have some ideas. We let them sit around and see what sticks. And first up is show notes. And we're going to talk about any of the marketing shows that are around the corner. And there is a new SEJ Summit 2020. If you are a overly cautious person or just don't want to be around large quantities of people, good news for you because this is virtual. It's on Tuesday, June 2nd, yeah, Tuesday, 2020, and it's going to be virtual with a bunch of big names, 
some not released. I talked over to Search Engine Journal today. So check it out. You can go get more information on this. You can sign up for the latest updates on this SEJ Summit. So check that out. And another note is HTC is pivoting to host their annual conference in VR. And that's the only reason it's on here is because who cares about it? I didn't know HTC is still around, but you can now go to their conference in virtual reality. So I think that's cool. I want to have conferences in like that turntable FM style where everybody's just out there jamming to the music. We're all avatars, <laughs> having a good time. I mean, I already got my Bitmoji on fleek. Let's go with this thing. <laughs> Did you say on fleek? Yeah. <laughs> That's what the kids say, right? Or maybe the kids said, you know, five years ago. Maybe when we were kids. Okay. Okay. All right. Next up is our freebie segment and Yelp's COVID-19 response and support for local businesses. If you haven't heard, they have announced $25 million in relief, primarily focusing on supporting independent local restaurant and nightlife businesses now, the catch is it's not $25 million in cash. It's in the form of waived advertising fees, free advertising, products, and services during this period. So if you're a small business that has been affected, you know you need all the wins you can get, and this is an easy one. Free advertising, check it out. There is a form you can fill out and hopefully get that. So check that out. Thank you, Yelp, for that. Next up comes from Cyrus Shepard from Maz, at Cyrus Shepard on Twitter. And he says, as of now, all premium SEO training courses at Moz Academy are 100% free. A small thing, but we did this to help SEOs become more marketable in the workforce, business with local SEO, and agencies to get more leads. You have to use the code, we got this, through May 31st over at moz.com forward slash training. That's a good code. Yeah, that code. no, it's not That's because it is all lowercase, Jess, and is a oh. wise woman just. Oh yeah, it should be uh, it should be uppercase, <laughs> but it's code all lowercase. We got this over at moz.com forward slash training. And the tutorials there are, are very good. So if you're trying to get into something, if you've got things thrown on your lap, if you know somebody that's complaining about it, this is the time where we need to come together and help everybody out. So big ups to Moz on that. Ups, Jess, what is that? Six years ago, ten years ago, ups. Is ups like props? Hey, big ups. Big ups. Yeah, sure. Okay, I'm just going to keep it. I don't remember that at all. <laughs> all right, next up, something not that heavy, you know, just going back to the 80s here, is from Dom Hod Hodgson at The High on Twitter. And he had put together something called the Search Starter Pack. Searchstarterpack.com. And if you want access to tools and services for a few months, he has combined or collaborated, I guess, with a bunch of tool services to help people out, test out tools to do better for their clients for a few months during these tough times. So again, head over to the show notes for that or check it out on searchstarterpack.com. And lastly, here in the freebie section, Udacity is contributing one free month of access to their nano degree programs. And Udacity is a pretty big deal from an online learning standpoint. You can get all sorts of tutorials on learning how to code, um, digital marketing. There's a, a, a slew of different options in Udacity. We use it here at Cypress North for people that we bring on and interns and things like that. You get one free month of access 
to these programs and you can come out with a nano degree that you can put on your resume in one month. And it's easy to get down in a time like this. So any wins that you can give yourself, anything that you can force a schedule on, like let's say you've been displaced or laid off, um, if you can come out of it and say, you know what, I've got a free month of this and I'm going to have this this check that I can put on a resume. I mean, this is what we need to do right now. So big thanks to Udacity, to Moz, to Yelp, to everything like this. This is one of the best parts of this community in general is the, the overall support. Next up is our Good Sheet segment. And this week <laughs> comes from Zato Marketing at PPC Kirk on Twitter, Kirk Williams. The spicy Kirk is now the helpful Kirk is he has a Microsoft Ads, the platform formerly known as Bing Ads, in-market audience list. If you are looking to find the different ways you can target folks, he has got 598 lines of targeting. There's 598 different ways you can use Bing. Oh, just caught myself. Did you guys hear that? It's formerly Bing Ads. Oh, wow. Microsoft advertising on how you can target folks on Microsoft Advertising. And now for this week's Cool Tool. As a reminder, our Cool Tool segment is not an official endorsement or paid mention. We're simply sharing something we found in our travels that may be of use to our listeners and is really, really cool. This week's Cool Tool comes to us by way of BFF of the show, Glenn Gabe. And it's a hot tip from Mike Sullivan of Analytics Edge. So for anyone that has been excluding internal traffic from their Google Analytics by filtering out their office IP, that's obviously not going to work while your workforce is remote. So Mike offered a solution and he said, send your employees to a page used for internal purposes only, aka something the general public does not have access to. And then you can create a segment in GA that excludes users who have been to that page and then use that segment to filter your reporting. It's a temporary solution, but it's a great one. And we've got a screenshot of exactly how this is set up in the show notes. You can head on over to our site or hit up at Analytics Edge on Twitter and check it out. Brilliant. Now it's time for our must read marketing article of the week. An article so advanced so in-depth, so detailed, that we simply cannot cover it in its entirety on today's show. And this week's Must Read Marketing article of the week comes to us from Ahrefs and Michael Pecknick on Ahrefs' blog. And there is an article called, How Often Does Google Rewrite Meta Descriptions? A New Data Study. Michael runs through and looks one of the things, it, it, it's a good statistical analysis of meta descriptions in general. He found that 25, more than 25% of top ranking pages don't have a meta description, which is crazy. Who would have thought that? It's crazy. Crazy. Then talks about the fact that 62% of the time Google is rewriting those meta descriptions, goes on to do a deep dive looking at things like long tail keywords versus what he called fat head keywords. Um, and it's, if you have an interest in meta descriptions, this is a must read. So thank you, Michael. All right. That does it for today's show. Thank you to our fantastic sponsors. In a time like this, you need some tools to help you out, especially if you're short staffed or got extra things on your plate. So big thanks to Ahrefs and Optio. And if you're looking for another great podcast, don't miss this week's episode of the Search Engine Journal Show. And this week, it literally 
literally, like I don't, that phrase literally is overused a lot. This is literally <laughs> everyone's favorite person. Casey Gillette from Co-Marketing. She's on with Brent Satoris talking about just customer service and search. Casey is just the best. She's so funny, but it's a great interview. Check it out over on the Search Engine Journal show. You will not regret it. It is now officially not Marketing O'Clock. Remember, you can catch everything from this show on marketingoclock.com, the new marketingoclock.com. And while you're there, please be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. And we will see you next week. Thanks for listening to Marketing O'Clock. If today's show was of value to you, please subscribe, leave a review, or share with a colleague. If you are looking for more information on today's topics, head over to marketingoclock.com for links to all the articles that we covered. Welcome to this week's episode of Shooting the Heck, where after our famous Friday news shows, we don't talk about marketing anymore. We just shoot the heck. And this week we're playing everybody's favorite game, memes to save the day. The one thing that has been the silver lining in this horrific tragedy of the coronavirus is that I feel like memes have come back. Do you guys feel like that? Like memes where have gotten better. Never left? Yeah, did they ever go anywhere? They've gotten better. They've gotten better. And so we're going to talk about some quarantine memes and we're going to have a draft of some of the best quarantine memes because people are home, people are staying safe, doing the right thing. And there's a lot of good content coming out of that and this extra time that people have on their hands. So we're going to have a draft. Who wants to go first? I think I should go first because I'm the closest to the office. Fair. So Shep, Jess, then me. Okay. Okay. There is only one true winner in this competition. And that is the Taylor Swift, you belong with me meme, where she has the sign that says, you okay, question mark. And then it's the guy responding, and it's usually something like, no, I want to go to TJ Maxx. I've never seen that in real life. No. But okay. All right. That's the only good one. Oh, just wait. You're going to – if this is your first draft, you're in trouble. All right, Jess, <laughs> what's your favorite quarantine meme? I'm going to go with one from Dad Jokes, and it says, due to the quarantine, I'll only be telling inside jokes. That's good. Dad jokes are big. Dad jokes are strong. Okay, so it's a serpentine draft, so I get the next two, and then I'm going to have the final pick. And so my meme choice is going to be the house blueprint memes. In case you haven't seen them before, they're the memes where it's a blueprint of a house. It could be yours. It could be any house. And you're like, oh, ready to plan the next wine tour. And you have, like, wine in the different rooms. Or you're like, oh, looking for some fantastic places to see this weekend. And you're like, pencil in the living room. Blueprint memes. They're great. <laughs> that okay. is a good one. They are good. I have that on my list too. Okay, next up, I am going to go with toilet paper memes. I love the toilet paper you memes. You have to pick one. Yeah. No, it, I'm taking the entire category of toilet paper memes. There <laughs> are the memes fair. where somebody – calculates how many uh, how many uses there are in what somebody had in their cart. There's the toilet paper memes about what future people are going to think about us in general. There's toilet paper being sold with diamond rings. It's crazy. <laughs> the toilet paper memes are out of control. It, that is so toilet paper of you, though, to just take them all and not share. I see what you did there. <laughs> I want the one that says – 
isolation with family, what could go wrong? And it's a family portrait of Jack Nicholson and Shelley Duvall and the little boy from The Shining film. Oh, no! What do you mean, oh, I no? I've seen that one. That's scary. It's good, right? It's funny. My coworker told me we couldn't watch The Shining during this time of isolation. Probably for the better with you, Chef. Okay, so my Wait. one is, like, really text-based. Okay, it says... When this coronavirus is all over, please continue to stay six feet away from me. <laughs> <laughs> that should have been your first pick. That's funny. Okay, and then my last one is, it says, experts recommend sticking to your daily routine even while working from home. And then it says New Yorkers. And it has a picture of a man in his bathroom, and he has, like, a tub-shower combo, and he's holding on to the top of the the shower curtain rack thing or you know the shower curtain holder the pole and he has his his airpods in and he looks like he's commuting on the subway and he has his coat on i don't know what you just said he looks like he's on on the subway on his way to work i like it because i'm a competitor so that's perfect okay oh my god (laughs) i've seen that one shep you described it well greg doesn't know what he's talking about we'll put them all in the show notes jess what do you have so I, um, I'm vacillating between two. I'm going to go with the pun. All right. So this one says, prediction, there will be a minor baby boom in nine months. And then one day in 2033, we shall witness the rise of the quarantines. Wow. Get it? <laughs> the teens. It's very you, Jess. It's very you. I know. I didn't write it, though. This was on the internet. All right. And so my final meme is going to be just quarantine day one and then quarantine you know a a larger number where you say something like rick flair and his assistant day one and he's looking you know hyped up and then quarantine day seven and he's got blood on his face running all over the place and you've changed so much in seven days quarantine day one versus quarantine today who's rick flair yeah what are you talking about wwf man talk to talk to your coworker, shep he'll know <laughs> All right, so Shep, can you go through your three memes in the draft? Okay, my memes were Taylor Swift, You Belong With Me music video, Please Continue to Say Six Feet Away From Me, and New Yorkers During Quarantine. I've got the dad joke where we're only telling inside jokes during quarantine. I have the shining isolation, what can go wrong. And then I have the pun about all the babies being born and when they will be quarantines. And I've got the blueprint memes of your house i've got all the toilet paper memes somehow i just took them all (laughs) (laughs) and i've got the quarantine day one versus quarantine current day memes so big thanks for all you meme makers out there keeping us happy thank you all and we will see you next week